0: Hello, yeah. I have to admit, I don't know that much about Doctor Who. I've only ever watched it once in my life, but I do know that this is called a TARDIS, and in it, Doctor Who and his assistant can travel to any point in space or time that they want. So I thought tonight, all of us could come with me in my imaginary TARDIS back 2,000 years to Israel, to a town called Judea, just in time for the very first Christmas, to a man called Zechariah, who was one of the first people to know about Jesus' birth. Now, Zechariah was a descendant of Abraham, and so he was part of God's kingdom. But the kingdom was in ruins, and in fact, it had never fully been the kingdom that God had promised it would be. Moses had brought the Israelites out of Egypt, and after spending 40 years lost in the desert, they had found their promised land. But it was occupied by other people, one by one with God, they did conquer a lot of the cities, but they never got all of them because they were never fully obedient to God. In time, the kingdom split into Israel and Judah, and they're both taken captive. Later, some of them were allowed to return, but only a small number did, and when they did return, they found that they'd lost most of their land, and the cities they did have were ruined, and they had to rebuild them. That's all right? It's good. Well, throughout this time, All the people in Israel had been given lots of prophecies about the coming of someone who would restore the kingdom and would reign forever. But when it got to Zechariah's time, it had been 400 years since the last prophet, and they were still waiting. So I found two of these prophecies that talk especially about Jesus' birth. So the first one is Isaiah 7.14, and it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child... And we'll give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel. And the second one is in Malachi three verse one, and it says, "See, I will send my messenger, who will prepare the way before me. then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you desire will come," says the Lord Almighty. I'll come back to these in a minute. Now, Zechariah, Zechariah was a priest. So he would have known all these prophecies, and like most people in Israel, he would be longing for the day when Israel and Judah would be restored. He was married to Elizabeth, and it says that both were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they were getting pretty old, and they didn't have any children, and Elizabeth was barren. One day, Zechariah was doing his job in the temple, burning incense, when an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Hang on, imagine that. It had been 400 years since the last prophet and he was an angel. I think he was a bit surprised. So the angel told him that he was going to have a son and that he was to call him John. This is who we now know as John the Baptist. The angel went on to say a bit about what John would be and what he would do. And he said that he'll be great in the sight of the Lord and will make ready a people prepared to the Lord. Zechariah asked for proof of this. Don't know if you do that to an angel, but yeah. The angel said that because Zechariah did not believe his words, he will not be able to speak until the day this is fulfilled through John. So he lost his voice. He went home. And sure enough, Elizabeth did get pregnant. About five months into Elizabeth's pregnancy another person in their family got married. This time, it was a young, unmarried virgin called Mary. They didn't have phones in that time and letters were only for really important things. So Mary didn't know that Elizabeth was pregnant and the other way around. The angel told Mary that Elizabeth was pregnant. So Mary came to visit Elizabeth. And it says that when Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, the baby inside her leaped. And through the Holy Spirit, she said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child whom you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Well, a few months later, Elizabeth did give birth to a child, and it was a son like the angel had said. Zechariah was still mute, and when they came to naming their son, Elizabeth said that he was to be called John, but other people in their family wanted him to be called Zechariah after his father. Zechariah, his father, asked for a writing tablet. And he wrote down, His name is John, and immediately he got his voice back. Well, I don't know if I can imagine how excited Zechariah was when he realised that this was the prophecy's coming true. Mary was the virgin that was pregnant, and John, his son, was going to be the messenger that would prepare the way before him. And how in awe must he have been to, to know that the man prophesied about was coming here and now, in his generation, to his family. And this was the man that would finally save his kingdom and would reign forever. He began to speak, praising God, and filled with the Holy Spirit, he prophesied a song. And this song is what I'm going to talk about tonight. Liz read it to us earlier during the worship, but I think it'd be good if you find it in your Bibles so that you can follow it and check that I'm not making up. It's Luke 1, verse 67 to 79. And on page 1027. Well, when I was reading this, I thought there were two main sections to it. Up to verse 74, it talks about salvation. And the second part talks about what salvation means to us. So... Is everyone ready? I look at the first part first. And I've picked out some bits from the first part that talk about salvation. In verse 68, he starts by saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. Jesus has redeemed his people. Redeemed is the word that we don't really use too much nowadays, but it literally means saved. Saved from something and saved for something. But what are we saved from? It goes on to say... Verse 71, it says, we have salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. And again in verse 74, it says, we're rescued from the hand of our enemies. Now, in Zechariah's time, this was probably meant literally about physical enemies, like armies, because much of Israel was still being occupied by other nations. But we're quite lucky in England. There's no no military wars being fought in England at the moment. And it's such a quite a safe place to live relatively so physical enemies aren't what hurt us but I would say there are other things that are enemies to us things that have holds on our hearts and our minds i um, I thought of a few maybe lies addictions fear guilt low self-esteem hate and unforgiveness that's just a few but we need to know that Jesus came to bring us freedom from these things and he can and he will free us from the hold that they have over us And there's another little bit in here. Jesus has raised up a horn of salvation. Andrew was joking about doing horn impressions, but no. In my Bible, it says that horn means strength. And this can mean that we can be sure of our salvation because it is strong. And also, that we find strength in our salvation. So, Zechariah... Knew before Jesus was even born that Jesus was coming to save his people and redeem the kingdom, which is amazing enough. But he then goes on in the next part of the song to talk about what we have in Jesus after that redemption. In verse 77, he says that salvation comes through the forgiveness of sins. When we were, for- when we were redeemed, all our sins were forgiven too, everything we've ever done was forgotten. We were cleansed and are now blameless. Isn't that something quite humbling? Living in Jesus' kingdom, we are free from guilt. And there's also no fear in Jesus' kingdom. Zechariah says in verse 74, we are enabled to serve him without fear. And that's true when you think about it. I mean, what do we possibly have to fear? In John's gospel, The last thing Jesus says on the cross is, it is finished. And I think here he's talking about the battle that God has been fighting with the devil ever since the fall. But when Jesus laid down his life for his people, the battle was finished and the devil was beaten. And when he rose again, he was able to say, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now Jesus has a full authority over everything, even death, and he is with us. What can we possibly have to fear? And, there's more, when Jesus redeemed us, he says we were not only forgiven and freed from guilt and fear, but it also says that we now serve him in holiness and righteousness, in verse 75. The last bit of the song, the last four lines, I found quite exciting. I'll read them to you. It says... The rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Firstly, I think that's quite a beautiful image of the rising sun from from heaven shining on the people in darkness. But it's not just a nice picture. It's talking about Jesus here, how he came from heaven, and he does shine on us. He shines on us still, and he leads us to the guide guides us to the path of peace. Now, walking on the path of peace means living in Jesus' kingdom. It means that even though we may be living on earth, we can live as citizens of heaven, with a personal relationship with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit as our helper. I think to find the path of peace, we need to keep our eyes constantly fixed on Jesus. On the path of peace... There's love, joy, hope, and also peace. There's God's never-ending love, joy in our salvation, hope in eternal life and Jesus' return, and peace in God's embrace. Fear and guilt have no place in Jesus' kingdom. How amazing is that? But of course, walking on the path of peace and living in God's kingdom doesn't mean that bad things don't happen to us. But Jesus reigns, and as he said when he rose again, all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to him. With him we are safe, and nothing can take away that relationship with Jesus. So, to wrap it all up, go back to where we started with Zechariah. Even before Jesus was born, he knew exactly why Jesus was coming. He was excited because through Jesus, he had the hope of all of this. But, If he was joyful and excited then, how much more so should we be now? Jesus has come, and he reigns now. He has all the authority, and one day he will come back, and God will reign forever. And through Jesus, we can be confident in our salvation. And salvation, Jesus didn't just come and say, see you later in heaven. He invites us to live in his kingdom now, while we're still on earth, and walk on the path of peace with him, where there's love, joy, and hope rather than guilt and fear. This Christmas, when we think of the baby that we see on nativity, in nativity plays and on Christmas cards and that we sing about in Christmas carols, we need to remember exactly why he came, that the baby, born outside in a dirty stable, came to restore a kingdom, and in him we have redemption and salvation and freedom and joy and hope and peace and love We need to remind ourselves just how joyful Zechariah was and we need to think how much more joyful we should be now at Christmas time.